Wake up. It's a Sleep Unplugged podcast, episode 73, Sleep Inertia, I Can't Wake Up. Welcome, everyone, to the Sleep Unplugged podcast. My name is Chris Winter. I'm your host, neurologist, and sleep specialist, and I'm very excited for you to be here. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a veteran, welcome back, and thank you, because the podcast has reached a big milestone. We just went over 100,000 downloads. So once again, if you are a listener of the podcast, we did an episode on misinformation, disinformation. Again, in that episode, I told everyone that we were the most popular podcast in the world and we weren't just to kind of as a test to see who would believe uh, that kind of thing. This is absolutely true. We have hit 100,000 podcast downloads and still going, and we've we've even passed that by um, you know two hundred or something of that nature. And this is shocking because if you rewind back to episode one, in a week we had a hundred and thirteen downloads. So by that math, it should have taken us about what a thousand episodes to reach a hundred thousand downloads, and it only took us seventy two. We usually start the the top of the show with comments, corrections, criticisms. I'm going to uh, throw compliments, and the compliments are for you. We really appreciate your support, sharing this podcast with individuals who you think might benefit from it. And I also want to give a shout out to Maeve Winter, my producer, designer of our logo. She helps a lot with the podcast. It was kind of her idea, and I really appreciate her help on the affair. Now, one of the criticisms we get on this podcast, which we are trying to correct, is that we just go way too long at the beginning of the show before we get in the meat and potatoes. We're not going to do that on the anniversary of 100,000 downloads. So we'll jump right into our discussion of our title. So if you want to get in touch with the show, DR Chris Winner, Twitter, DR Chris Winner, Instagram, DR Chris Winner, TikTok, Blue Sky, Threads, We have a Sleep Unplugged YouTube page where you can find all the videos of our content. And I've written two books, The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep's Broken, and How to Fix It, as well as The Rested Child. Now, generally speaking, all of the music we talk about on the Sleep Unplugged podcast at the beginning, all of our titles always have some sort of song or uh, music reference. You can find all of those songs and references on the Sleep Unplugged Spotify playlist, volume one and two. We are starting on, we are into volume two right now. And I'm really excited about this musical artist that we took, I Can't Wake Up From. So if you are a listener of the podcast, you know, way, way back, I think it was after episode 10, we did a bonus episode where I talked about filming a show called Sleeping Around, where I would sleep in unusual circumstances and talk about what we learned from it. It was produced by Sleep.com and and Mattress Firm, and they did a fantastic job with it. Uh, So this September 1st episode of the podcast, I went kind of behind the scenes about that recording. And one of the situations I was put in was I was on the road with this musical artist named Shaky Graves, and kind of got a sense of what it's like to sleep on the road and on the tour bus. And if you're interested, you can watch that on sleep.com. So I've taken today's podcast title from Shaky Graves' third studio album. It was called I Can't Wake Up. 
So I think this is the first on the podcast where we've actually taken the name of the album as our reference. So I think in the future, when this happens, it becomes wild card. It's like when you put down the Uno, draw four. So when we pick a album title, I get to choose for the Spotify Sleep Unplugged playlist, a song, or in this case, songs, two songs I would have put on it. So the first song I'm going to put on from the album, I Can't Wake Up, uh, from Shaky Graves, is a song called Counting Sheep, for obvious reasons. But the second song I want to put on there is a song called Mansion Door. And I got to spend time talking to Alejandro Rose Garcia, which is Shaky Gray's name. Some guy who was on acid, I believe, told told him his name and he thought it was kind of cool and he kept it. Uh, Shaky Graves is a fantastic performer. He was this kind of busker-like performer that Mumford & Sons discovered. So when you went to a Mumford & Sons concert... There was this busker guy with a guitar and a tambourine hooked to his leg and a kick drum. And he played all these things all by himself and, and still does that in his concerts. He kind of floats back and forth between playing with his band and sort of this sort of busking sound that made him famous. And I so I got to talk to him a lot about it. And he really thinks a lot about sleep and dreams and sleep imagery. So the other song we're going to put on the Spotify playlist that I really want you to listen to is called Mansion Door. I'm going to read a little quote, a little, a few lines from the song. Fire burning, clean cut flowers in the yard, daylight turning, all the sleeping statues into girls. I feel nothing. Sleep is never coming. I hear laughter from afar must be the song of a lonely star. Just a great song. And I'm really excited to get to put that on the, the Spotify playlist. So here we are, we're six minutes in, and we're already into the meat of the podcast, which make Sleep Unplugged Nation happy. So sleep inertia. If you listen to the podcast, episode 14 was on circadian rhythms. And we talked about these two guys who got it in their head to go into Mammoth Cave and basically spend a month in total darkness to see what the hell would happen. So one of those uh, gentlemen was uh, Nathaniel Kleitman, who was a real pioneer in sleep. And he wrote something, uh, and I'm quoting him, immediately after getting up, irrespective of the hour, one is not at one's best. <laughs> Such a great quotation. And that's what we're talking about in this episode, which is sleep inertia, this feeling that when the alarm goes off, you've got to kind of shake off the sleep. You can't wake up immediately. And I, I, I was out in Palo Alto this week with a uh, pharmaceutical group and some really, really nice, thoughtful, smart doctors and professionals. And one of the topics we were talking about a lot was sleep inertia. And sleep inertia is a physiological state of impaired cognitive and sensory motor performance that is present immediately after you awake. So anytime we go from sleep to wakefulness, we experience sleep inertia, this feeling of drowsiness, kind of disoriented, your motor coordination isn't so great, you kind of stumble around out of bed. I mean, I've certainly walked into walls and tripped over things in, 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 in fine fashion when I'm first waking up. And generally speaking, we think of sleep inertia as always being present when we wake up, but we shake off the majority of it, usually 
within 15 to 30 minutes. That's what we kind of consider to be the typical. You know, if you're somebody who's three hours after you awaken, still feel like you're completely in a daze, that might be extraordinary. That might be pathological. That might be a problem. And a big theme of what I want to talk about today is the idea that if you can't wake up or your child can't wake up or your spouse can't wake up, that is a real problem. In other words, think about the 15 to 30 minutes. That's the norm. If you're thinking to yourself, my God, my norm is four to six hours. I want this, I want this to lodge in your brain as something that A is not normal. B, you might need to do something about. So what's really going on here? We've talked about sleep in terms of our homeostatic drive. In other words, the longer we're awake, the more we want to sleep. We often call that process S, the homeostatic drive. Um, is sort of that sleep pressure. But there's also a process called process C, our circadian drive. And if you look at the way those things interact, you can kind of see why we would be very sleepy when we go to bed at night. You might also be able to interpret this, and I'll, I'll post this on Instagram and Twitter, this you know, classic drawing of process C and S, why one might be a little sleepy after lunch. But when you look at process C and process S, you would con you would come to the logical conclusion that we would be most awake when we wake up. And so when you look at sort of updated diagrams of these sleep processes, there's often a third process included, either process W or process I for inertia, that sort of it's sort of like this line that's that, that's immediate up and then kind of comes down it's you know it's like this immediate pressure to sleep when we wake up that within 15 to 30 minutes is gone uh, and so that's process i call it process i for inertia it's also called like i said w but that sort of is included in that to explain this unexplainable and so why do we even care about it well the biggest thing it's a, it's a hazard you know to wake up or to suddenly wake up and not be at your best for this 15 to 30 minute period could pose risks for people. And if you read Roger Eckert's book at Days Close, A Journey into the Night's Past, he talks about first sleep and second sleep. And he talks about all the crazy things that would happen to you after your first sleep. So after your first sleep, you get up, you say some incantations to get rid of the demons that live in your house. And you think I'm going to go see Jebediah and you're going to walk down the road and, 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 and see him in the middle of the night and people would just fall into holes or, you know, break their legs and things of that nature. So um, this has been described before. And so when you look at this sleep inertia, it's been shown to impact visual attention, uh, reasoning. Uh, there was a study in 2010 that you know tactical planning was problematic. So it's got a real world consequence when we're not feeling our best when we wake up. And so you can imagine that military groups and 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 things of that nature would be, or if you are a doctor on call, this could be really problematic. And so. Uh, there have been studies that have kind of looked at this type of thing that that show that, yeah, I think there was airline pilots, military personnel, junior officers who were awakened based upon like a simulated crisis 
had impaired decision-making. So we, we want to know about this. What is normal? What is pathological? And, and frankly, what we can do about it. So we don't really know why. So we always talk about, we don't know why we sleep, but we don't really know what role or purpose sleep inertia plays. It's been thought that perhaps, um, you know, you would think that, that to, to, to awaken suddenly and be at our best would be sort of an evolutionary advantage. You're sitting in a cave around a campfire and the saber-toothed tiger growls. Waking up, grabbing your spear, making good decisions would seem to be a positive. But this isn't what happens. This isn't the, the norm of what we see, nor is it really the norm of what we see in, in a lot of, 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 of animals in terms of their sleep. Some think that this gradual awakening has a neural protective component to it, that we're protecting the fragile neural circuitry in our brain when we go from one state to the next. Some people think that this transition being slow is protecting us from sort of REM-related phenomena. And so when we've talked about narcolepsy, we've talked about parasomnias, sleep paralysis, hypnagogic, hypnopompic hallucinations, you know, these things we often see in narcolepsy, but they can be seen in individuals who have dramatic or rapid sudden transitions from sleep, particularly REM sleep to wakefulness. So it's been thought that perhaps this gradual transition is protecting us from these unusual and, and, and problematic phenomenon. So let's talk about it. sleep insomnia. What is it? What does it look like? Well, it's grogginess. It's sort of feeling that brain fog that you wake up. People are disoriented. There's often conversations that are happening that aren't remembered. Um, hey, you need to get up for school. God, mom, leave me alone. I'm already up. Oh, you just nag, nag, nag. And then the next thing, mom's waiting around for the son to come downstairs. He never does. He goes upstairs. He's back to sleep again. And he doesn't remember being awakened. doesn't remember having those kinds of conversations. Um, this this can happen to lots of people. I, I'm the king of sleep inertia. When I was in medical school, my God, I just... I would wake up and have conversations on phones with people, not remember them. I would wake up and hide my pager from myself. It would, you know, I'd wake up later on and find it in a drawer and have no recollection of how it got there. So that the sleep inertia can be real. Um, so, and we do some sort of unusual things around in and around that time. So spatial memory is impacted. We have a heightened sense of fatigue. I think it's really one of the hardest things to treat as a as a sleep clinician, because in order to treat most people, they need to get up to do or take something. So if somebody says, I continually sleep through my alarms, nothing can wake me up. And by the way, I live by myself. That's a, that's a tough one to treat. That's, that's very, very tough to treat. So, um, so it's a very real thing that we see a lot. And I think all sleep clinicians talk to their patients quite a bit about sleep inertia because it's something that a lot of individuals are dealing with. So what are the causes of sleep inertia? It's generally, when we see it, being caused by an unusual awakening out of deep sleep or slow wave sleep. So again, if you've got little kids and you've awakened them, you know, they fell asleep on the car ride home from somewhere and you you get get home and you turn off the car and you go pick them up and you can take them out of their car and you're carrying them upstairs and they're just out cold. You just 
you know, take their, you know, street clothes off and kind of brush their teeth a little bit and put their pajamas on and they never wake up. That's inertia. Now, sleep inertia is technically the awakening, you know, generally when you wake up in the morning, but any awakening from sleep can have that sort of sleep inertia. Uh, sleep deprivation is a big cause of it. So when I was talking about my own experiences with, you know, sleeping through my kids coming downstairs with nosebleeds or something, oh, mom, I got a nosebleed. And they're like bleeding all over the place and lights are being turned on and wet washcloths are being applied to noses. And I'm sleeping through the whole thing. That's sleep deprivation. That's, I just went to bed an hour ago. I haven't been sleeping enough for the past several years. And my body is determined to stay in deep sleep, to at least get that portion of sleep to make me able to be on call the next day. Um, circadian rhythm disorders are a big one. So when you think about, when we see an individual who comes into the sleep lab and when it's six o'clock in the morning, they are at just unbelievable sleep inertia. It's reasonable to ask the question, okay, when does this individual typically wake up? Oh, I see. This is a second year college student at the University of Virginia, and we're waking them up at six o'clock in the morning. I'll bet you second year college student from the University of Virginia generally goes to bed closer to 6 a.m. than he awakens at 6 a.m. So for a lot of individuals, sleep deprivation and timing of sleep is the reason why you are struggling so much to wake them up at this at this particular moment. The other one I wanted to kind of throw out there I think you could put narcolepsy on there, but the one that really has it, the condition that we have not done a talk on yet, but we will, is a condition called idiopathic hypersomnia. And one of the features of this condition is a huge propensity for sleep and a lot of sleep inertia. So again, I want to plant the seed to listeners. If you or you know someone who is just impossible to awaken and is sleepy all the time. Remember, we, we did an episode back, it was episode seven of the podcast, back when 100 people downloaded it in a week. Um, it was called Why No One Cares Your Child is Sleepy. Sleep inertia is a big clue here. If you're a parent, you know, some, you're a grandparent, you know somebody who every time you get together with the parents, the parents are like, we cannot get our child out of bed in the morning. It's like impossible. Please think about talking to a sleep specialist and you can walk through the door. And when they ask you, what are you here to be seen for? You can say excessive sleep inertia and people will take you seriously. So how do you know? Okay, well, you're on the fence. Well, I don't know necessarily if my sleep inertia is pathological or it's what everybody else feels. Well, you can look up something called the sleep inertia questionnaire. And the sleep inertia questionnaire is something on the order. I think there are 20, I think there's 20 questions on the sleep inertia questionnaire. And they're basically things like, how do you have problems getting out of bed? And it's scale of one to five, not at all, a little, somewhat often all the time. Uh, do you need an alarm clock to wake up? And the question I always ask about sleep inertia is, do you use multiple alarm clocks to wake, it, wake up or specialty alarm clocks? This one vibrates my bed violently. This one races off my bed because it has wheels. So I have to run around the room and catch it. I have to do math problems to turn it off. This one electrocutes me in the morning. So I think that's really an important sort of thing to kind of caveat to put in there. Do you use a snooze bar? Do you bump into things and drop things when you wake up? 
Do you move slowly for a long period of time? Is your mind groggy or hazy? Um, uh, do you feel anxious about the upcoming day? Do you dread starting your day? There are questions like this. And if you look that up, you can do it yourself. You can score it and kind of see where your score falls in terms of the the, the scale, which I believe is something like 20 to 100, you know, so if you're 50 or above, 75 or above somewhere, I mean, if you're feeling like, wow, I'm really kind of scoring high on this assessment, that's another thing you could bring to your primary care physician, your clinician, the person who takes care of you as a, hey, I really feel like I'm scoring really high on this assessment. So what do we do for patients with with sleep inertia? I mean, getting enough sleep is, is certainly an important one. Timing your sleep properly. Um, and we've seen a lot with COVID and more people working from home that sleep inertia hides a lot better than it used to. When we all had to be at work at 7 a.m., that was a problem. So now if you can work from home and don't really have to log onto your computer until 11, that, that, that could sort of hide the condition. Uh, there's a lot of parents who have homebound instruction for their kids because of their sleep inertia. So if these things are happening to you, pay attention to them. They may be clues in terms of what's going on. Napping can certainly do it, uh, can certainly be helpful. But again, for a lot of individuals with severe sleep inertia, they will tell you things like, yes, napping is nice. I can easily fall asleep, but it's like the whole sleep inertia thing happens all over again. So I don't nap because I hate getting up. And that's why we often give the advice of, hey, if you're going to nap, keep your nap generally you know, less than 25, 30 minutes, because that will keep you from going into deep sleep and experiencing that inertia. You know, for most people take a five minute nap, close their eyes and five minutes after they fall asleep, they wake up. They're not going to feel that again. That's, that's typical. We've talked about caffeine before on the podcast. We did a whole episode on caffeine, which, uh, uh, episode was that it was episode 38 and for some people caffeine can sort of blunt the effects of sleep inertia we talk sometimes about a caffeine nap drink your latte and then immediately take your nap so by the time you're waking up the caffeine is kicking in uh light can be helpful for some people so the alarm clocks that kind of open up and and create sort of the sunrise or i've had a patient has automatic blinds at a certain time the windows open up some people leave their windows open because the light coming into their bedroom helps them wake up uh, to date I, I know of only two studies that have shown you know brief sustained light and trying to measure how it affects sleep uh, inertia. I don't think in either study, it really showed a significant improvement in terms of subjective alertness. Um, although these were kind of you know limited studies. And, and, and I think for most people, it's, the light's certainly not gonna hurt, but there's not a lot of great evidence about that. The two other modalities that have been used, sound and temperature, there is moderate evidence that uh, the presence of sounds can uh, decrease sleep inertia. The other thing is low temperature. And that's really getting to cold plunges like we talked about um, in the last episode, uh, episode seven, or no, two episodes ago, 71. So there is some evidence that's thought that, hey, perhaps getting into a cold shower or a cold plunge and dropping core body temperature can kind of wake somebody up and, and, and blunt the effects of sleep inertia. Um, 
and then you know again with sound the sharp sounds like you would think in a fire department or music sometimes that can engage people and kind of wake them up quicker so bottom line with this topic is if you are suffering from sleep inertia or what we used to call sleep drunkenness it's a real thing and and if you're a parent and you're sitting there thinking well every teen's hard to wake up sure to some extent but if this is something that is taxing you to the point where you feel like this has gone beyond what is typical, I really urge you to talk to somebody and, and, and get the help you need. There are diagnoses and medications out there and interventions and specialists and clinicians and nurse practitioners and all kinds of people who deal in sleep, who want to help your child or you not feel to sleep inertia in the morning and help you effectively wake up. So that's it. The topic, sleep inertia, done and dusted. Uh, you can get in touch with the show. Tell me about your own sleep inertia stories. I've told you mine, DR Chris Winner Instagram, DR Chris Winner Twitter, DR Chris Winner Blue Sky Threads, TikTok. Uh, find our Sleep Unplugged YouTube page. Listen to Shaky Graves on the... the uh, Spotify Sleep Unplugged Playlist Volume 2. We'll get those two songs added. I really want you to listen to Mansion Door. That's your homework. If you have any questions, comments, criticisms about the show, let us know. And until next week, sleep well.